We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And as I mentioned before last week's show, taking a little um, pivot in the show topic-wise, focusing more on some different topics that I haven't a lot in the past, going to be talking about health and wellness and entrepreneurship and a whole bunch of really exciting things and very important things for right now. And today's episode is no different. It kind of mixes a couple of those topics together, talking about the importance of getting good, high-quality, regenerative beef in your diet and accessing that beef, buying it using Bitcoin. Really excited for you guys to hear about this today. I think this is potentially revolutionary and uh, very important for people to hear about. So I just want to remind you that you should share this show. And if you don't know, uh, there's two ways to listen to it. And if you're listening to this now, you're listening in one of those two ways. You can listen on the Lions of Liberty Network, or you can listen on the Finding Freedom podcast, which is solo this show only. So if you want to share the Finding Freedom solo feed, you know, exclusively, um, that that's fine. Maybe, you know, if you're sharing with someone who's not into politics and, and things like that and, and philosophy, then maybe you just want to share this solo feed. But, you know, if, if you want to expose people to the ideas uh, you know, that we talk about on, on the other shows on the feed on Mark and Brian's show, then, of course, share the Lines of Liberty Network feed, you know, and maybe they'll, they'll stumble over and listen to a few other podcasts. Up to you which one you want to share, but whichever one you share, we appreciate it here at Lions of Liberty. And please, I just want to remind you guys that on both feeds, whichever one you listen on, Please consider, if you haven't, it helps us tremendously to go and leave a five-star rating and a nice comment. Um, you know, I haven't talked about this or encouraged you all to do this for a little while, but please, it really does help us with the, uh, especially the Apple or yeah, the Apple podcast algorithms, but you can do it on, you know, many different podcasting apps. So that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoy today's show. All right, all right. I am live here with Texas Slim. And if you haven't heard of him, you probably will soon. If you haven't heard of the Beef Initiative, um, you probably will soon. Just two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago, I, I had not. And uh, the way that I found out about the Beef Initiative in Texas Slim is I was you know, scrolling through Twitter, as you do, and I saw someone post about buying beef with Bitcoin. And I thought, holy shit, that is really cool. Like, how can we do more of this? How can we set this up? And somebody messaged me and said, or somebody commented on it and said, you got to talk to Texas Slim. This guy's already doing it. He's got the wheels in motion. He's setting it up. So one thing leads to another in the podcasting world. And, uh, and here we are, joined by Texas Slim, the founder of the Beef Initiative. What's up, man? Hey, John, thanks. Uh, that's that's kind of a cool way to be found. You know, that it's the world we live in. If you kind of, you know, decentralize your communications and your your 
consumption as far as your content. You know, guys like us just seem to find each other, especially in the Bitcoin space. Um, you know, I started on Bitcoin Twitter. I knew exactly where I wanted to start messaging out, you know, what we were doing with food intelligence and the beef initiative and everything. So uh, glad to be here. Well, great to have you here. And, you know, I think before we get to, to talking about everything you're doing with the beef initiative to give people a background on, on who you are, you sure. know, what your, you know, maybe what your life was b- before this. Um, I, I think if I remember correctly hearing from uh, uh, different podcasts that you've that you've done that you had a you have a, a previous life in technology is that right yeah I did it's it's kind of a fun story <laughs> a lot of it was out of desperation when I was young but you know I grew up in a small town a uh, small Texas town and uh, you know, we came from agriculture and ranching throughout uh, seven generations you know our families have been in Texas and so being where I was raised was up in the Texas Panhandle, which is agriculture and ranching. It's called the Llano Estacado. It's on uh, something called the Cap Rock. It's the desert high plains. It's the end of the Great Plains. And so that's what it is. It's it's dirt roads. It's small Texas towns and grain towns is what we used to call them. And, you know, growing up that way, I, I really learned a lot about, you know, where agriculture came from. My grandfather established this part of Texas in the late 1800s. And so, you know, it's been in our family and our blood. Uh, being the young, adventuresome guy I was, I road trip to Austin when I was about 19 and I didn't turn back. And by doing that, I dove deep into learning about technology. It was the startup days. And it was a mm-hmm. good time to introduce yourself into technology where you could kind of self teach you know, you could self teach. And so I started reading a lot of books and uh, I didn't have enough money to go to school. So I used to sneak in the University of Texas and take classes and learn. And, you know, I was just kind of having fun with it, but it actually led to something. And I got into some startups and I learned some really cool technology back in the day of innovation. And I see that innovation happening right now within the Bitcoin space and everything that we're basically going through a transformation. And so there's a there's a fascinating story there. I've been around the world a couple of times. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot and I have some, I have a skill set that I, I wanted to leverage into food intelligence and then basically the Bitcoin space of technology. Very cool. So really this is a, a total pivot, a total second career for you, mostly you, using, using the tools from your, from your first career, right? Yeah. I, I've been, man, I was dropped out when COVID hit. I, I'd said, I'm done with big tech. You know, I'd worked mm-hmm. for telecommunications. I'd worked for some fascinating startups that, that did really well. And I saw a transformation in big tech that I didn't like. And so I was consulting on my own for like 10 years mm-hmm. and I was pretty decentralized already. I just hadn't fell into the Bitcoin space. And that was my own fault. It was just something, you know, a couple of family things happen. And I can look at those points in time saying I should have got in here, but, you know, I I took a left turn instead of a right turn. But by saying that, you know, it's right now, you know, it's funny. Once you find Bitcoin and you go down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, you learn exactly what you 
have always been in a lot of different ways. There's a form of a reflection that comes through and that mm-hmm. kind of hit me. And I said, man, I'm going to leverage all this and I'm going to do it with in a symbiotic way with my education into Bitcoin. I'm going to pursue something that I'm very good at. And, you know, communications was something I was very good at, decentralized communications. And so this is kind of a renaissance for me. Uh, I was going to go to Thailand. I've been to Thailand. I rode a motorcycle across Thailand. I was headed back to Asia to ride a motorcycle whenever COVID hit. And so I said, well, shit, I can't do that. Let's, let's try something else. <laughs> uh, uh, that's really two polar opposites. So that's, that's it really cool. is. It really is. But uh, I'm glad it happened. You know, everything that has happened since then, it, it gave me a, t- a, a chance to pause you know, and to reflect and say, okay, you know, the money's screwed up. The food is screwed up. Our society mm-hmm. is pretty going kind of, kind of crazy clown world this year. Let's, let's see how we, we can get some solutions. Yeah. Let's see how we can get some education into a new lifestyle, a new behavioral model that we all are kind of searching for. For sure. Well, we'll dig more into the Bitcoin side of it later, sure. but I want to hear about the the health side of it mm-hmm. and you know, what pulled you towards, Yeah, maybe you can talk about what is regenerative beef, mm-hmm. what's the difference, and I guess first start out by talking about, you know, what pulled you towards this, what 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 made you learn about it? Sure. You know, coming from agriculture, we, we grew up regenerative in a lot of ways. Uh, growing up, we always had a freezer of beef. We always had uh, vegetables from grandpa's farm. Uh, it was just, that's what how we lived. I mean, we didn't have a lot of things, you know, growing up besides kind of uh, decentralized food, you know, that my grandfather mm-hmm. had taught us. And so knowing that I had some food intelligence that hadn't used in a while, you know, and I was able to start reflecting back on what food intelligence really was because I'm, I've been adventuresome in my life. I've broken over 20 bones. I've had 14 pieces of metal put into me. Uh, you know, I've had some healthcare <laughs> that I've had to leverage, mm-hmm. but I, I, I had an internal injury a couple of years ago in, in, what happened is I had a portal vein collapse inside internal. And so I had to look at food and nutrition again. I said, well, I'm going to get to the source of the seed. That's what I told myself. What is the source of the seed of nutrition? And if you ask yourself that it takes you to the soil, all of our vitamins, all of our nutrients, all of Mm -hmm. our minerals do come from the soil. They don't come from the dirt. They come from the soil. Once you have that starting point, you can understand that we've lost a lot of food intelligence on our health and our nutrition as a nation. And we don't even know what food is anymore. So by looking deep into what food is, I was able to kind of decentralize my thinking because I was learning about Bitcoin at the same time. And so I saw the corruption within the food industry and it started being very shocking. Um, the, there's a one world food group that is moving forward with the, the centralization of our food supplies. We see it hand in hand right now with uh, food supply shortages. Uh, we're seeing a lot of it with the food manipulation of uh, the war on beef with the climate change narrative. There's so many things that is happening and people don't really understand what's going on. Well, with my technology and communication skill set, I was able to do some analysis and some research that took me to some really great intelligence that I could look at globally and kind of funnel it back into, you know, us as Americans and how we actually our consumption models 
are very screwed up and the form of consumption model that we have to rely on is very centralized and it is a it is a huge dependency but it is also an avenue for us to be metabolically bankrupt as a nation because right now in the United States of America 78% of us are either obese or overweight one out of two of us is diabetic in the United States are that's crazy and and probably close to what 70% are Diabetic or exactly. pre-diabetic, yeah, pretty right? much. I mean, that that it's it's going up, and you know, once you go mm-hmm. down that rabbit hole, it, and it's not a judgment. You know, it's not a judgment against people. We're all part of this yeah. consumption model. You know, we, we're trusting people, and we want to trust what we read on the labels. And you know, you go down and you you understand, you know, the fat fiction. You know, the the, the fat lie that we've been going through, the seed oils, the war on animal protein, the war on animal fats, the the basically the propaganda behind cholesterol and so once you go down and you know right now that's why i developed the hashtag you know food intelligence so we could art really really start building some intelligence around what we're consuming because in the end what i'm doing is really to save children's lives and it is to save the health of a nation and you know and that's why it led to beef and beef is basically you know how i was raised uh you know seventh generational texan i know a little bit about cows in the history of texas the reason we are texas it was because of the cow we are we were the cattle industry of the world at one point in time after the civil war so i i, I started connecting some dots and understanding that regenerative farming and ranching is how our ancestors did it and it's how we got to where we are and then once you understand what regenerative ranching and farming is you understand that you're rebuilding the soil and you're using the land tools to do that. It's a natural form of fertilization and the soil grows over time because your cows or your lambs or your hogs or your chickens are basically building that soil. Mm -hmm. If we can look at that from a perspective of health, then I wanted to do a vertical integration back into human health, starting with the soil to the grass, to the cow or animal, to the producer, to the processor, to the supply, to market access and start educating everybody. One of those, everybody, one of those touch points, what each one of those touch points means to your human health, the health of you as an individual, the health of your family, your children and your communities. So, when you talk about regenerative farming, I think most people would agree that you know it makes sense. It makes sense that you're rebuilding the soil. You're going to have you're going to have healthy healthier sure. animals. You're going to have food with more nutrients, vegetables with more nutrients. That that all makes sense. Um, I think what people would push back on is the scalability <laughs> of it, and may, maybe you can talk to the scalability of it and how a decentralized model. Sure. Can help with scaling it, if, which I, I would well, think of course it would. It, yeah. Well, what happened in, in 1971, 72, 73 with the Nixon administration, of course, we went off the gold standard. But there was a guy named Eric Butts mm-hmm. that went out there and he was agricultural commission, commissioner. He basically told every farmer in the United States, you're going to go big or you're going to go home. As our dollar got debased, we had to debase our food. How we debased our food was Mm -hmm. we started going fence to fence with monocropping. We didn't have to do that. What we, the reason I firmly believe 100% because I lived it within my own family, 
what we did is we destroyed the American mm. farm in the 70s and 80s. And the bigger that the crops got, we used the narrative that we're going to feed the world. You don't feed the world with monocrops from the United States. You feed the world by teaching communities what they were already doing before we started monocropping, and that was regenerative farming and ranching. You know, whenever you say, you, how can you feed this many people? You can feed every village in, in, in every town, every village, and every city in the United States. Some of the most nutritionally sound people in this world are from third world countries because they use a regenerative model because they have to. It's part of their survival model. We turned food into a mass convenience, and we looked at it saying, oh, we're feeding the world. But as we were feeding the world, we were basically centralizing a food apparatus. This is now the industrial food complex. And that has led to massive centralization, massive consolidation of a lot of different industries that basically make a lot of money off of our consuming as we say we're going to feed the world. And so it, if you want to look about, you know, you're scared if it's scalable, well, I don't shop at the supermarket anymore, and everybody that I know that's close to me doesn't really shop at the supermarket anymore, and we have plenty of supply of pure animal protein and all of the food uh, substances that we need. If you live somewhere like in New York City, Manhattan, Pittsburgh, per se, yeah, it's going to be a little bit harder, but then there you go. You, we have the beef initiative. We're decentralizing everybody's thought process first and saying this is what food really is and what it should be. We're going to give you a gateway into sourcing pure animal protein again, just like your grandparents did. I love that. That's, that is amazing. And talking about the food industrial complex, it is it a real really thing. Is. And, you know, I, I, would, I would argue that it's done, it's a very different type of damage, but it's done as much, if not more damage, as the military industrial complex in different, totally different ways, obviously. So it's hard to compare the two. But if people want to learn more about really the manipulation and how they've been able to really brainwash people and um, push people to eat different ways so they can maximize their profits and make more money, read the book Salt, Sugar, Fat. It's by Michael Moss, or listen to it. I listened to the audio book a couple of years ago. It is ridiculous, the, the amount of manipulation um, that these food conglomerates used in order to brainwash they the really. American public. And they used, and the government was a willing participant as well, of course, as, uh, as what happens with these cronyized things. But uh, along that path, um, talking about you know, using regenerative beef and regenerative agriculture in order to um, you know, really turn around the health in this country, can you talk about some of the, some of the health benefits to um, eating re a re regenerative diet? I know that you had a, uh, a bone broth, yeah. bone broth yeah. challenge recently. Can talk about well, some of those let's things. let's look at food. I mean, nobody can read a label anymore, okay? And so – as far as the labeling laws are concerned, I mean, the FDA this past year in October won a lawsuit to where they're able to put 2,000 more chemicals into our consumption model, into our food industrial complex, and they don't have to tell you what they are. 2,000 different, and it's called the grass rule, generally rec recognized as safe is what it's called. If you just look about as far as, you know, the health benefits um, I started off writing about 
for uh, rapeseed, which is canola oil, which basically was outlawed by the FDA in 1956 for any form of human consumption. And now basically canola oil has, is trying to go on the roadmap of surpassing wheat production in the United States at times. Yes. It's in everything. Like you start looking at labels. It is in And it's dangerous. Everything. It's not good for you. Look at the health of yeah. this nation. You want to look at the last 50 years, look at pictures. It's not that hard to do. There's a form of cognitive dissonance that people don't want to believe it. But this small, small blip in time of the health that we're suffering, the ill health that we're suffering has happened in 50 years. And if we look back at history and we look at these dates and we can look at the health of a nation, we can see how it has gotten out of control. When you look at the uh, Cargill is one of the biggest seed companies in the world, of course. And Cargill is a very powerful organization and they're going to do what they're going to do. I'm not going up against Cargill, but they have an intelligence apparatus that matches the CIA. This is serious business, and they have control of shipping lanes. They have control of the seed. The source of the seed in your consumption model matters. And the food intelligence that we're bringing with the Beef Initiative is a form of intelligence that cannot be random anymore. We're at wit's end here. The, the COVID um, narrative just proved that. You know, you look at how many people did pass away during uh, the last two years. You start looking at the health of a nation. You're saying there's only one way that this could be consistent across the board. It's because of our consumption. And most people are consuming 85% of this nation right now are consuming from the industrial food complex. And even the last year, there's a Royal DSM is a is a company. They're a European company. They're out of the Netherlands. They had eight billion dollars in revenues last year. Can you guess what they do? I mean, would you within the food supply system? A lot of people never heard of them. Pesticides and no. What they actually do is they design taste. And and basically what they've been able to do is they've been able to hijack our taste buds and they start with children. Mm. And you look at the the type of taste and the type of chemicals that they use to design taste to create a consumption model Mm. in a small child. It's criminal, but not too many people are saying it. Food packaging these days looks like a freaking cartoon. And that's how separated from food that we truly are. Whenever you're having to put, you know, cartoon characters on, you know, something for your kid to consume it because they think it tastes good, you know, we're going down the wrong path and we've lost what the source of the seed is, why we should be consuming pure nutrition. And it was like, where do you start with pure nutrition? Well, you start it with pure animal protein. And the studies have been there for you. This is how we got here. We didn't get here eating um, plants. We got here from eating meat, animal Mm -hmm. meat. And, you know, being Texan and how I was raised, I see something that is alarming. 48% of our children between 5 and 11 in in this country right now are obese or overweight. And they're headed towards diabetes, ages of five and 11. Okay, you look at that. That's child abuse. And it's because of what they're consuming. And so the, the nation needs to wake up and they need to understand it does not have to be daunting. You need to understand what label laws are and what they do to circumvent around basically letting you know what true nutrition is. 
So they're, like I said before, food intelligence is required now. It's not about dieting. It's not about being a health nut. Mm -hmm. It's not about any, it's a lifestyle change where you basically decrease your touch points of the food that is produced for you and start with something powerful like pure animal protein. And once you do that, your lifestyle changes. You do things like a 48-hour bone broth fast, which I just did over this past weekend. I mean, I, I've been fasting ever since I was in my 20s. And every time I do it, my life is tremendously much better for the next year. And I live by it. And I'm, I am proof of work. And there's so many people out there that are waking up saying, wow, I just need to take a step back, get rid of some of this brain fog. Because what a lot of people that do suffer, and this is coming to some of my doctors that have come into the Beef Initiative that do consulting and, you know, they, they do advising, they do podcasts with me. Uh, Dr. Philip Ovedia, Dr. Mary Care. These are very established doctors, but they, you know, one of them's a heart surgeon, one of them's a functional medicine doctor. They have proof of work for decades. And they one thing that they do agree on is that a lot of people have inflammation of the brain because of the industrial food complex, the type of consumption models, the seed oils, the fake, uh, you know, the fructose, the, the lack of um hormones, the the differentiation of hormones building type of chemicals that are in in this consumption, the soy that is in everything. And they're calling that protein. You know, it, 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 it's unlimited and they're about to do it again. We're going through a food industry shift right now and people don't understand it. And they're going to mask it with climate change and they're going to make the cow carbon hazard. They're going to make it something to where you're a bad consumer if you're actually consuming pure animal protein and they're coming hard. And what I bring to the table as far as the intelligence is hundreds of billions of dollars have been spent across the world for this new fake meat, fake protein commodity market that they have built. It's built in the labs. You don't need the land. And what they're going to be able to do is manufacture any type of food in a lab and they're going to package it and they're going to tell you that it tastes good and that it's good for the environment. And people are going to consume that. Since the 1970s, we've stacked fake commodity on top of fake commodity on fake Uh, on top of fake commodity with a fake and basically debased U.S. dollar. The more the U.S. US dollar gets debased, our nutritional levels get debased with these fake uh, stacking up of fake commodities. We're, We're in that shift right now. Hey, taking a quick break here to tell you about a podcast you should check out from our friend Justin Campbell. It's called the Fact Check This Podcast. If you're fed up with fact checkers flagging everything as misinformation without actually backing it up, then you should definitely join Justin every Monday and Wednesday to fact check the fact checkers and to get the truth about what's going on in the world. Check it out everywhere podcasts are found. Fact check this. Just to be clear, you're you're talking about not about this plant-based you know, crap, um, the beyond meat. You're talking about the lab grown all of it. Meat Every where they they're, they're putting pea oh, protein okay. into, you know, vegetable uh generated meat with soy protein, all that. Pea protein is just as harmful as mm. canola oil is. But all they once again, all they have to do is label it, put a marketing plan behind it and say, Hey, 14 grams of protein. Yeah. Well, you know, the fake meat sausage links, you look at that package, you see it on Bitcoin Twitter all the time. 14 grams of protein. People don't even know what protein is. 
And you know, that's that's the lack of food intelligence yeah. that we're we're going up against as a nation, and they're going to exploit it, and they're exploiting it very well because they're making it taste good. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what they do. They they I, mean, you, I love where you talked about the hijacking of our taste buds, and they, and they mm-hmm. start so young with little kids. And you're just like a a story recently, a personal story. I was grocery shopping with my daughter, and we needed to buy some mouthwash, and I was looking for kids' mouthwash. First, I you know looked at adults' mouthwash, looked at the ingredients, got the you know the most basic one they had had you know no sucralose, nothing, none of that crap in it. You could not find a kid's mouthwash without sucralose. Sucralose, if people don't know, it's it's Splenda. It's that very sweet um, tasting. I, I think it tastes disgusting, and it, it's terrible for you. It, it's a bomb for your uh, your gut bacteria. Your gut bacteria. It's it's just horrible. Sure. And they put this into you know, kids. Get it early. You look at formula. There's it's in the news with the uh, the formula shortage for babies. Formula is packed with high fructose corn syrup, this ultra sweet, just ma- manipulating and hijacking those taste buds of little babies. It's uh, yeah. it's re- really a travesty. But to- it's, it's like I said, it's criminal. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. And, you know, the soy, they're, they're putting canola and soy protein in baby f- formulas, too. Each one of those is a fake commodity that they've put into our consumption models that they make billions of dollars of profit off of. And it's a captured market with as far as the regulate, you know, the regulations that the farmers and the ranchers have to go through. You know, they are handcuffed so many times by, you know, being producers and being a regenerative producer. You get away from those chemical companies that are dictating what you eat. A lot of people don't understand the only reason you get to eat every day is because a chemical company says it's okay. And they have stuff that they basically enforce in the agricultural industry of the United States. If you do not do what a chemical company says, then you do, you, you're not a farmer and a rancher if you're under that umbrella. Regenerative farming and ranching is they they have removed themselves from that chemical umbrella. And that one big chemical umbrella that we can talk about right now is bare. You know, Bear uh, mm. basically consolidated with Monsanto. And so, and I don't go after those companies because they're going to do what they're going to do. And they're, they're way too big to battle. What you can do is just be aware of them. Say, go ahead and do what you're going to do. We're going to do what we're going to do. We have something here. And, you know, we're going to do it in the right way. We're going to do that vertical integration back into human health. And we have proof of work. Yeah. And I think I think the approach that, that you're taking um, is a, you talk about time preference, I mean, it's you can make an impact in the short term for sure. You can change people's eating habits in the short term, rather than trying to, you know, go after this, uh, you know, corporate uh, crony corporate structure we have with government and corporations, mega corporations married together. Um, you know, trying to get people elected to to change that and pass le- legislation. That's likely never going to happen. So let's talk no. about this decentralized approach. Um, the the beef initiative. If somebody, you sure. know, say, say I'm in Pittsburgh and, and maybe it's not to this point yet. If it's not, then use someone who, who could use it. Um, say, say if I wanted to order, order regenerative beef, go to beefinitiative.com um, and order some beef. Am I able to do that now? And, and how does it work? Yeah. And let's talk about decentralization of food. And I'll just mm-hmm. give you an example. I always like to give examples, but you look at my grandfather. He lived out in the middle of nowhere. He had a couple of sections of land. He was an animal producer and a farmer. Well, they had a party line system, a two party line system. 
they knew in that community on that party line system that it was a decentralized system. Well, everybody knew what they were growing every year. Everybody knew what animals were being produced at that time. They started in ground zero as far as being able to provide food and nutrition to their small community. Well, that small community fed the region, you know, fed the town, that fed the county. And, and their structures were built up in a decentralized way. They had no reliance on corporate America. And so within the beef initiative, I wanted to model that same approach kind of from a technology standpoint and a communication standpoint. And so if you're going to being in the Bitcoin space, we need to get people educated. We need to lead with education with mm -hmm. Bitcoin, especially to the American rancher. And so today at this point in time, and I can tell you how we got here, but yeah, you can go to the Beef Initiative, beefinitiative.com and go into Beef Boxes. And we've got a partnership with KNC Cattle outside of Austin, Texas with Cole Bolton. And right now we're bringing more and more producers in just to be in the Beef Initiative so they can be found across the nation. But you right now, John, you could go to the, our website and you could pay and you could buy Beef Box. We have a lot of different varieties and you could get beef delivered to your door um, within 48 hours of it sh being shipped. You can actually pay in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And you have a new, you, you're meeting a new rancher. You're shaking the hand of a rancher in a way that a lot of people haven't never been able to do. So if you are in Pittsburgh, if you are in Boston, if you are out in California, we've sold to all of it. We've, we've got proof of work for this whole year. We just haven't really told a lot of people about it because we wanted to get the infrastructure built to where we could scale. And the reason we, I talk about decentralization of food, we control the touch point of the soil, mm -hmm. of the grass, of the cow, the producer, the processor, the supply. We are the supplier. We are the market access. We are the brand. We, we control the whole, every touch point of that. So you and I have that agreement now. You can go and buy Texas Slim's beef box right now and you, you pay in Bitcoin. That's all you have to do. Peer-to-peer -peer transaction, peer-to-peer mm -hmm. -peer exchange value for value. Here we go. And we're doing, we have proof of work, like I said, and we're about to scale up big time. And we're going to be able to do this across the nation because more producers are going to come into our protocol, into our beef regenerative protocol model that Cole has established. And once we, uh, in June, what we're opening up is a processing center down south of Austin. Cole with a couple of partners or one major partner, actually. So we are going to have our own processing center. And then therefore, at that point in time as well, we're going to announce, you know, kind of across the state of Texas that we will be an advisory council on people that are wanting to open up processing centers in their regions in the state of Texas. That is a big thing that basically has not been able to be done or educated towards. At this point in time, we're going to be able to do that. So once again, every touch point of the decentralized model, we have proof of work. We are that touch point. And we're doing it in a way that is scalable across Texas and then across the United States and, and then definitely across the world in certain ways. Just to go back to Bitcoin, to re revisit this, I think it's sure. very important. Um, I think there's kind of two segments of the you know Bitcoin community. There's the, the number go up Bitcoin crowd who wants to hold on uh -huh. to their Bitcoin. And I actually had somebody on that same Twitter Twitter thread I was talking about earlier, talking about you know buying. Mm -hmm. I was real excited about the potential to to buy beef with Bitcoin. And somebody said, "Well, you don't want to you know trade your Bitcoin. You're you're going to lose value." And 
I'm like, well, you're not understanding what Bitcoin is. You have, and then you have the other group right. that understands that exactly what Bitcoin is, what you just said. It's peer-to-peer transaction. It's electronic cash. Mm-hmm. It's a way to trade. It's proof of work to trade value for value. That's what it's made for. And the number go up crowd, if they would understand that, that and if, if they were invested in helping people like yourself to build um, and support building these systems, that helps the number go up because more people are using Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay, can you speak to that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, and it is. It's kind of an ex- existential dilemma within the Bitcoin space, right? It's like I'm going to hodl forever, never transact in mm-hmm. Bitcoin. And, you know, it really does come down to a personal you know, choice in a personal level of education and belief system and perspective and expectations. But by saying that where I take the in, in, I've been kind of mulling this over for a while, but as true Bitcoiners, one, if you're not starting to put as much emphasis into your food intelligence as you do into Bitcoin, you're not being a good Bitcoiner because everybody, you know, they, they say number go up. Well, number go up. What happens whenever they basically design these food supply shortages, whenever your nutritional value is going away Mm -hmm. and you're not as good as you can be, we have to be sharp mentally, spiritually, physically. And so Bitcoiners are going to understand that their Bitcoin education is symbiotic with food and, uh, education and intelligence. But by saying that, I look at the rancher right now. I don't, I'm not teaching ranchers that they need to go out and buy Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. That's the worst way you can approach a a rancher. I understand ranchers. I've been around them my whole life and I have, I understand how they communicate, how they don't communicate. The way I look about Bitcoin in a rancher and an animal producer is that they deserve to have Bitcoin traded to them for their pure animal protein so they can build a base layer value within their own store of value, which is going to be Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And so as Bitcoiners, we have, if you're going to spend money on, if you're going to spend Bitcoin on something, why would you not spend it on basically the source of the seed of your health and your nutrition? And if you start that, you don't mind spending 10% or the rancher basically let's say he he buys cole bolton said today on uh, cafe bitcoin when we were on there he basically you know he's transferring 90 percent of it he's liquid you know he's liquidating he has you know capabilities of liquidating to as much as he needs within him being able to accept bitcoin he's keeping 10 percent stored in a store of value for the long term mm-hmm. And so that's going to expand and that's going to expand. And going back to you, the only reason the number go up, I know more ranchers that think better and know more about decentralization than a lot of Bitcoiners do. And once they understand, they develop this uh, relationship with the American rancher and we start collectively educating, we orange pill the rancher and the rancher ranch pills the Bitcoin. And once, and once we start creating, you know, we get into this, you know, this, this basically hamster wheel of a circle jerk of we're always just talking to Bitcoin. You're not good. Bitcoin number not going to go up unless you start building on top yes. of it and you start innovating in the industries in which you are good at. I'm good at ranching and agriculture. I'm good at communications. So this is why we're innovating. We can talk all day about number go up, but until we start building base layers 
of value on top of base layers of value that is the Bitcoin protocol, we're not going to achieve anything. And we're going to keep on repeating ourselves through these cycles. And once we start educating industry that have already been working in a decentralized way moving forward, there's going to be a rancher that sees this and he's going to innovate in a way that we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And it's going to happen. And I hope that it happens through the beef initiative. And, and I mean, just to put it in perspective, so the number go up crowd, they still, you know, go to the grocery store and they still have to pay, mm-hmm. pay cash, you know, at the grocery store that they're yeah. trading in, in, in fiat. Why not just take whatever portion you're using to buy, buy your beef at the grocery store in cash and just shift it, put it in Bitcoin and then send that to a rancher. And, uh, like you said, the rancher gets uh, orange pilled, and they get ranch pilled, rancher pilled. <laughs> I don't know what color yeah, pill, ranch, ranch pill. What color right. pill that would be? But. <laughs> burn, burn orange. We're gonna say, we're gonna say burn okay. orange. So, you know, it's just a different shade of orange, I guess. So I like it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, in, in as far as a rancher not wanting to accept Bitcoin, well, let's say this. Okay, with within our system in the Beef Initiative, you make that transaction. We're doing the Lightning Network. We have, you know, BTC Pay Server. We're we're evolving. And we're going, we're partnership with the OSHI app, but let's look, let's look at that transaction itself, the credit card transaction. Okay. You make that transaction. Well, that rancher has to pay 2.7% to that credit card company on that credit card. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say, Hey rancher, you don't let, let's get you taking Bitcoin. And whenever they basically don't swipe that credit card, you know that you don't have to pay that 2%. Keep 2.7% of your, your, your sell and your transaction into Bitcoin. That way, you know, you're not losing out anything. If you need to liquid, liquidate into fiat for the rest of it, that's fine. But start off with 2.7%. Why not do that with beef, with a, a consumer? Why not say, hey, because you will never, never receive unless you give. I mean, if people are kind of clueless on that at this point in their lives, you know, you just can't take, take, take. And you just can't hodl, 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 hodl. You can't hodl your whole life away. What you need to do is you need to be interactive with other people that have the same belief systems and have stores of value and, and morals that you do. And once you start developing those smaller networks of people, which we're doing within the Beef Initiative, then you don't mind. You are empowering yourself in a way that maybe not be not seen at this point in time in the innovation of Bitcoin. But in the long run, and history will prove that this is how we've moved forward. Forward. 100%. So speaking of moving forward, uh, you know, if there's people out there who are wondering, you know, how can how can individuals help to grow the beef initiative? Can, can people, sure. can individuals help in their state to help you find regenerative, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, farmers? Is that something that you bet? Yeah. How's yeah. that work? Yeah, there's a couple of, yeah, there's some really good touch points right now to talk about and to elaborate on as far as helping out the American rancher. We need to give them a voice, right? And that's what we're doing through the Beef Initiative. You know, the Beef Initiative is kind of becoming somewhat of a bigger production so we can have a bigger voice to the people that want to hear us. What I'm asking everybody in the Bitcoin community and anybody out there that is, you know, that knows of the Beef Initiative, we went out and scraped the internet like three times and we, we got all the regenerative people across the United States. But what we find is that that information is pretty jaded. It's not all that good. So as Bitcoiners, I'm making a challenge and saying, if you're using somebody that does, you know, regenerative farming and ranching, get them into the beef initiative. You can add a producer, open sourced, crowdsourced. That's what the beef initiative is. 
we're grass-fed and we're grassroots. And this is how uh, Bitcoiners and anybody out there in the regenerative world can go to the beef initiative, go to the producer section, add a producer that needs to have a voice and that needs to basically be able to tell how they are moving forward with their protocol, with how they steward the land and how they steward the animals. This is one way we can give the rancher and animal producer a, a, a voice and the Bitcoiners can come along. Okay. Also, we're starting some education sh- series at the first of the month where it's totally geared towards the American rancher. It's going to be a Bitcoin education series that basically starts with the why Bitcoin. We're going to educate the rancher in a way. Once we get educating the rancher, we're going to be able to onboard ranchers through the beef initiative to accept Bitcoin mm-hmm. as a payment. So once we get that, we're going to ask every Bitcoiner out there, okay, it's time to start orange pilling these ranchers. So start ranch pilling yourself and you can do that through the beef initiative. This is a collaboration and, it, and it's, it's like I said, it's grassroots and everybody that's come to me because I, I haven't worked for anybody in two years except for a harvest company that I embedded myself in to go get deeper down in the rabbit hole of food intelligence. But be, by saying that, this is, this is you know, I've done everything on my own and there's been a lot of people. You kind of look at, you look at uh, Adam Curry with no agenda and you have the no agenda nation. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Adam now. And what we're really looking at is value for value exchange. And people want to help out the beef initiative, follow along, help us educate the rancher, help us educate into the Bitcoin space. And you yourself take the obligation and the accountability of understanding what food is. This is going to scale in a way that um, it does. It changes your life and it creates a whole new lifestyle. 100%. So what else is the beef initiative doing? I I think I've I've seen you've been having different conferences or what's what's that all about? It's a good point. We had our first conference. It was in Kerrville, Texas. And what we did is we brought a lot of Bitcoiners in. We brought in uh, Parker Lewis. We brought in Jimmy Song. We brought in Marty Bent. We brought in uh, Michael with Oshi. Then we had uh, ranchers. We had Cole Bolton. We had uh, Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. He's out of Colorado. We had everybody in the same space. There's about, I, I believe, between 100 and 120 people came to Kerrville, Texas for this conference. And so we pulled that off. It was a very good success. You can go to our YouTube channel right now. It's just uh, do a search for Beef Initiative on YouTube. And we've got some of the speeches there that you can go back and kind of see what we did in Kerrville. Moving forward in July, we're going to basically do a Colorado Beef Initiative conference. And that's going to be at Rick Ranches outside of Crawford, Colorado. Once again, we're bringing in people like Econo Alchemist. We're bringing in Katie the Russian. We're bringing in Plan B Pat. Passport, Jessica, we're bringing in AK-47 from the Bitcoin space, and then we're going to bring in a lot of ranchers, and we're going to all get together. We're going to talk about homeschooling, unschooling. We're going to be talking about baby formulas. We're going to talk about food intelligence and where it truly comes from and how regenerative and basically Bitcoin are symbiotic, and we all need to start thinking that way. So there's a lot of education. The conference is going to be a blast. It's a three-day conference. Uh, It starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, There's going to be campsites available. There's lodging all the way around that part of the North Fork Valley of Colorado. If you're taking a summer vacation, man, it should be in Colorado this year because we're going to pull something off that's going to be pretty fascinating. And then moving forward from there, we're going to go out and we have an agreement with White Oak Pastures, Will Harris, out in Bluffton, Georgia. And we're going to have our third conference in September Mm -hmm. out there. 
and then at the end of the year, I'm really starting to announce all this is about the great American health initiative that the American rancher is basically going to lead. And we're going to do it through the beef initiative. Mm -hmm. The gateway is the beef initiative for information, interaction, you know, planning things ahead, finding your pure animal protein, helping your rancher out. You know, let's create this conversation. We're creating an algorithm here. And by creating this algorithm of understanding of what decentralized food systems are and how we're, we have proof of work, we've sold tens of thousands of dollars worth of beef with Bitcoin, with the fiat dollar through the beef initiative. We have that basically market access established and it's only going to grow. That's amazing. I mean, I, I just love the tying of, you know, people getting healthy, changing their eating habits, food intelligence, as you say, with you know, sound money with, with Bitcoin, with decentralization yeah. and decentralizing both of them at the same time. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just a perfect combination. I want to give you a chance to address um, your, your biggest criticism, what, whatever that is. What, what do you hear most often from your critics that they, you know, push back against you with? Is there something that, that stands out that you're, you're constantly, you know, having to explain to people or justify? Well, I wrote a tweet today and I said, if they don't first understand you in the beginning, you know, it's usually due of several reasons. It's lack of understanding. It's a lack of education. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of imagination. And it's a lack of creativity. Whatever those reasons are and those pushbacks you get is usually it will be exposed by Bitcoin. Bitcoin exposes the truth. In the end, it does. It exploits the lies. And so within saying that, the most pushback I've gotten is not been nefarious. It's been because of a lack of understanding, mm -hmm. because it is, it is daunting at first. But once you allow yourself to go into that rabbit hole of vertical integration back into human health, people start going, oh, oh, <laughs> I see. But, it, I, you know, I have, a good, I have good followers, man. They've been very loyal as far as, you know, people that pay attention to the Beef Initiative and me, you know, Modern Team Man. I haven't had a lot of pushback. If you're going to get pushback, it's because of the uh, centralized, you know, <laughs> corporate captured people out there that don't really re want to know that you know the lies. They don't want you out there. I've had the biggest, okay, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. The biggest pushback I've received is basically a rancher that does not know how to get out from beneath the umbrella of Bear in Monsanto. And that's okay yeah. because it's something, it's something that they, it's not something that anybody chose to do this point in time in history. It's where they are and it's a form of survival for them right now. But overall, everybody, the reception is fantastic. I'm meeting all kinds of cool people. I'm about to go down to Austin. I go to Austin all the time and I'm going to be there for seven days and I'm going to be out in central Texas. I'm going to be out there at the processing plant. I'm going to be downtown Austin, you know, the Austin Bitcoin club. And so we're, we're creating a node is what I'm doing. And I'm working with voltage right now to create a lightning node. There's a lot of things that are going behind the scenes. And what I'm going to do with this is that I'm going to make a, I talked to um, uh, everybody up in Nashville the other day and I was talking with uh, Odell and what we're going to do is we're going to create a Texas to Tennessee node here. So we're going to create some awareness, you know, of regenerative farming and ranching with two states to get along really well in the Bitcoin space. 
and I'm going to make a tour and I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to ranchers on the way from Texas to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Missouri. I'm going to go to Alabama. I'm going to go to Tennessee. I'm going to go maybe to North Carolina. I'm going to go anywhere in the South right there that I can and hopefully end up back in Colorado at our conference in July. So I'm going to take this boots on the ground. I'm going to let people see what really is going on with the beef initiative and hopefully people will follow on and make it, we're going to have, you know, Bitcoin meetups, but we're also going to have basically ranch meetups too, you know, try to start combining those together to where we have this conversation because the conversation at the uh, conference, you know, we had, we had the medical, we had Dr. Mary care there. We had the ranchers, we had the Bitcoin. Everybody got along so well that everybody helped change their lives a little bit that Mm -hmm. weekend. All right. Last question. So looking out, vision the next five years where do you see the beef initiative from you know level of impact to you know changing the landscape decentralization um what do you see in the future as far as the beef initiative itself what we're going to do is basically we're going to show uh, in texas the vertical integration back into human health uh i see a lot of uh Moving forward, we're going to scale this model of the beef initiative nationwide, and we're going to bring in producers, we're going to bring in ranchers, we're going to show people how to basically build community through their processing centers. And so overall, uh, you know, this is going to be a, a Texas-sized movement into the nation, and you're, we're going to build out nodes as far as the understanding of Bitcoin the understanding of ranching, understanding what regenerative farming and ranching is, understanding what pure animal protein is, understanding what food intelligence is. So this here is going to be a big production of all of the above. That is awesome. Well, you, you didn't miss a beat there. I, I guess lost my connection for a minute and I came back on and, and you were in the middle of answering the question. So I, I guess you, I guess you heard enough well, of what I said. But. Yeah, I, I got the question. I, I kind of got stumped a little bit, but I, I recovered, but we're, we're good. Uh, you know, this year is going to be a production. You know, I'm telling everybody this is an international lifestyle that we're starting in the Bitcoin space. We have to live it. We have to show proof of work. And we're trying to give everybody a lot of options, a lot of content, a lot of uh, basically places to go to see, mm-hmm. to, to meet the rancher and, you know, really make this a production. I mean, we're going to use pop culture against itself. We're going to do it with truth instead of a bunch of manipulation and lies. That's awesome. All right. Last thing, plug away. Where can people, you know, buy, buy this beef? Where can they get in and, uh, and learn more about the beef initiative? Sure. Uh, you can go to beefinitiative.com and just go cruise the whole the whole side. If you want to buy beef, there's a section there, beef boxes. You want to add a producer, add your producer. Uh, of course, I'm at Modern T Man on Twitter, and then we also have at Beef Initiative. We also have a Telegram channel. It's at Beef Initiative. And then I, uh, you can just do a search for Texas Slim's uh, Substack newsletter. So we have a newsletter out there. We have our website, our platform. We have social media. Um, and we'll probably expand out a little bit more. But we do have my podcast, which is uh, Texas Slim's Vision. You can get it on all the platforms. We're moving over to Podcasting 2.0 this year as well. And then, of course, we have the Beef Initiative YouTube channel. All right. Texas Slim, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, appreciate you, John. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. Uh, Before I send you on your merry way to the the next podcast or or the next thing, you got to handle on your to-do list. Um, Before you go, let me just encourage you, please. 
If you've been listening to this show for a long time, or if you just started listening to it and you really appreciate the work that we put in here at Lions of Liberty, please consider supporting us. You know, I'm not one who likes to to beg for money, and I'm not begging for money. Uh, I'm just making it uh, making it known that myself and Mark and Brian we do put a lot of work into this show, and we do have a, a lot of patrons, a lot of supporters already, some who've supported us since the very beginning, which is remarkable, amazing, and we are so thankful for that. But for us to really take this show and what we are trying to do here at Lions of Liberty to the next level, um, we need more people that are supporting us, that are backing us, that have our back um, both uh, figuratively and also financially. So please consider, if you haven't already and you like what we're doing, joining and supporting us on Patreon or on Locals. Uh, You can join on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or on Locals by going to lionsofliberty.locals.com. You're going to get access to early content, early releases, um, many of our interviews. You can watch live um, as they occur, either through a unlisted YouTube link, or just in our Facebook pride, if you're a Facebook person. So please do uh, consider joining for either as little as $5 a month, or you can go all the way up to some higher levels where you actually get influence over the show, you get private calls with us, and things like that. But every level also does get a discount in our Lions Liberty store, which you can find and you can you can look at all the, the great t-shirts and, and things we have there at lionsliberty.store. So thank you so much for all the support over the years, and we look forward to seeing you in the Pride. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up, and the fire is liberty burning. <laughs>